Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a uh, se- our second episode of Not Overthinking this year. Is that right? <laughs> no way. No, it's definitely not the second this year. It, but it's probably like the fifth or the fourth. Because I think when we were living together, we recorded probably like two episodes or three episodes. Yeah. I think we did a few episodes of Why Love Hurts. And then everyone oh, hated yeah. it. <laughs> and then we just and then off. And, and then we stopped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I saw no, I, mean, I saw a fun comment on last week's episode where where people were like, um, "I don't believe Ali's productivity advice. He's such a scammer because he can't even make one hour to talk to his brother." Yeah, 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 like... yeah. I saw that comment. <laughs> he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. These guys are, meant, are, like, are always talking about productivity, but they can't even get one hour one hour a week. So it obviously doesn't work. Something like this. Yeah, well, that's the one. The productivity anyway, doesn't work. We have managed to get an hour a week now for two weeks. We have. Or maybe the last one it... was two weeks ago. Was it two no, weeks? No, the last one. I think it was, two weeks. it was it was released last week. So oh, okay, yeah, we recorded it two weeks ago. So yeah, this we recorded it thirteen days ago. Next week, yeah, but, yeah. Actually, we'll we'll aim to get this out sooner sooner than that. Nice. Anyone on my team is working on Christmas Eve because it's currently nine a.m. on Sunday, the twenty fourth of December, uh, where I am in Sydney, Australia. Wowzers! It's currently ten p.m. where I am in the UK. Um, how's Australia? You've been there a couple of days now. Yeah, been here for nearly a week. Got here five days, six days ago. It's Across great. The vibes, mate. Sydney is super cool. Uh, the weather is super nice. Uh, it's why well, it's, I guess it's like the middle, the middle of the summer, so it's vibey. And Sydney as a city is pretty incredible. It's like imagine London, but if there was a massive ass like body of water going all the way through London, so that wherever you, you like were in like the, you mean like the River Thames. Imagine like the River Thames, but like twenty times bigger than the River Thames, kind of thing. Wait, you've just disconnected. Wait, is your Wi-Fi rubbish? Uh, don't think so. I think it's reasonable. Mine is like one hundred and fifty megs, two hundred megs. Okay, mine's mine's more rubbish than that. But oh, okay, wait. So you're saying there's a large body so of water running through London? It, yeah, there's a big ass River Thames, but it's like way bigger than the River Thames, and there's like kind of boats and stuff on it. And like you've got, n- not only is it the River Thames that's like 20 times bigger than the River Thames, but you also have like every, it's also like bang on the coast. Uh, so you've got like loads of beaches and stuff and you have like tons and tons of, d- d- of different beaches to choose from. And yeah. wherever you look, you're sort of in this, basically wherever you go, you have this like really cool, sea harbor type view with like a big ass bridge going across the harbor it's like oh nice it's really cool it's got like yeah it's like beach meets like marina meets harbor meets like they've also got like mountains and stuff nearby and like national parks that are like half an hour drive away there's there's a lot of stuff that's congregated in this little kind of area in australia in sydney so it's it's super nice what what are what are the people like have you met any like fans or are there like internet people yeah, I had a bit of a dinner with some creative friends um, who I'd never met before uh, the other day, and they were very friendly and good vibes. And yeah, I mean, I guess people in Australia are probably similar to people elsewhere. I like, generally yeah. friendly and nice, and yeah, nice. It's been a good experience. Okay. Yeah. What about you? What have you been up to this last week or so? Last week or so, um, pretty standard stuff. I am spending a few days at my in-laws' place over Christmas. So we got here yesterday. We here for until like 
yeah, next weekend basically. Um, I have what have I been doing? I am um, spending a little bit of time on a little side project over the break. Mm. So is this a, is this the calendar thing? This is the calendar thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, exactly. Do you want to pitch it to to, to right. our uh, our listeners? All right. So just for some context, it's a bit of a sort of Christmas tradition now for the last few years that um, I I do some like little coding type side project uh, over the Christmas break. Uh, I think quite a few years now. So last last year I resurrected Speed Sums, uh, which was uh, my magnum opus from. 2013 uh speed you can go and check it out so last year so that that's that had been offline for a few years so last year i was like okay this christmas i'm gonna like bring speed sums back online uh the year before that uh i believe lucas and i were trying to build uh a chess nft this was nft era oh yeah <laughs> so uh we never actually yeah, we uh, oh yeah, we were just like pretty busy and stuff, and so we didn't actually end up uh, launching that oh, one. I, then... I love how much conviction you had about that. I was so skeptical about this, and you were like, "No, you were skeptical about it." Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, look, it was a different time. All right, NFT. It was, it was, it was the NFT era. I still think the concept was pretty good. Anyway, we don't need to go into that. Anyway, so the, right, the pitch for this one. All right, here's a pitch. All right, if you are part of the laptop class, if you are a knowledge worker, if you work in an office, you might work remotely from home but if you are a knowledge worker that works from a laptop chances are that your entire work life will be dictated by your google calendar you will have a google calendar for your work email um you will spend probably uh two about two two to four hours per day in meetings internal meetings with uh people in your company these might be um sort of recurring meetings like uh, you know, the company all hands or some daily stand up or some team meeting or some weekly, whatever, you know, right. You'll be spending two, you know, two to four hours per day uh, in meetings. And overall, your organization is uh, collectively spending hundreds of, of person hours in meetings every single week. So meetings are you know, really big part of uh, how, uh, how people get work done. Uh, and Google Calendar is, uh, you know, kind of the source of truth for like, hey, this is, it's like the starting off point for like, you, you check your Google Calendar and say, okay, what have I got in the next uh, few hours? What have I got tomorrow? What have I got? You know, Google Calendar is the thing you're coming back to, you know, like 20 times a day. You've got the, you've basically always got the Google t- Calendar tab open. Uh, you're always coming back to that to see, okay, what's next? You know, well, you know, how much time do I have until my next thing or whatever, right? Are you with me so far? Absolutely. Just okay. a question. Uh, do people go on calendar.google.com or does do most people use a third-party calendar app that's their source of truth that connects to a Google Calendar in your I experience? think most people go on calendar. I, I use calendar.google.com. I've tried, you know, I've tried all of the whatever cool thingies, you know, like freaking like... Uh, we tried VimCal. VimCal, you know. Oh, yeah. What are some of the other Man, ones? There's like VimCal. VimCal there's like cal.com or something. Yeah, I there love is, VimCal. VimCal is so good. Yeah. So look, my 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 sense is that most people are just using the browser thingy. Sure, there might be some like um, productivity bros or whatever who are using third party apps. I think I think most people using calendar.com. They're checking it like twenty times a day. So companies are clearly spending a lot of resources on internal meetings. You know, their their team is spending a lot of time in internal meetings. And I think the thing is that most companies are probably not super thoughtful about these meetings. You know, you just have these meetings in the calendar. You do the meeting. You probably have another meeting back to back. 
you know, you have lots of work going on. Um, and I don't think people are providing much feedback on how engaging meetings were, how productive meetings were. I think if companies want to solicit such feedback, someone then, you know, this is not really part of anyone's sort of full-time job. Someone has to decide, okay, I'm going to set up some like freaking Google form, which I'm going to send by email or via Slack after the meeting to get people to submit some meeting feedback, whatever, right? No one's got time for this. No one's got time to set this up. No one's got time to fill in random Google forms when you're rushing to your next meeting. And so uh, what we need is a one-click frictionless way for anyone who has just attended, a meet, just attended a meeting to provide feedback on that meeting, right? And um, what our product is, uh, it is, uh, it is a, uh, a widget for Google Calendar. So it's a Chrome extension that you can just install. And what it does is when you go on Google Calendar and you click on a uh, meeting, it, it brings up a little pop-up of like, hey, this is the time, these are the attendees, this is the Zoom link. Within that pop-up, you will see a simple little box with a five-star rating widget. In one click, you click a rating out of five stars, and then you've rated the meeting. You can see like the average rating across all the attendees and whoever is like the admin, the organizer of the meeting can see, okay, you know, 12 people rated my meeting. The average is like 4.6 and here are all the individual ratings or something. It's that simple, you know, no, you know, basically zero friction, super simple, but I think the frictionlessness is, is really the key here because as soon as there's a little bit of friction, no one's going to do it. It's, it's better to have like, you know, frequent kind of low resolution feedback, you know, just five star rating, no comments or whatever. It's better to have like some feedback that's really low resolution than like no feedback <laughs> that's like tries to be super high resolution, basically. And so super simple widget, you just see it in your calendar, one click, you can rate these meetings. And um, yeah, that's what we're setting up basically. So uh, hey, a couple, couple of bodies. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's got some legs. Um, yeah. We'll just kind of launch it at the start of the year. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I've been uh, Mate, you know, wanna, tinkering around that. Incorporate that, that into want to incorporate that into my organization. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we can. Um, yeah, it should be ready for beta testing probably on like Christmas Day or something. So I'll ping it over and um, you can. What does it test it out? What does it take to make a Chrome extension? Like, how does how does one do that? I'm not actually building the Chrome extension part of it. Um, another friend of mine is building that, uh, but I don't think it's too bad. I mean, there are like frameworks nowadays that let you like. So what are you doing then? You're trying to build a Chrome extension and you're not building the Chrome extension. <laughs> I'm doing the marketing. I'm doing the marketing site. I'm doing the marketing site. Yeah, you know, like, like logo, about the brand, it on the copy. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll yeah, you know, I'll be doing those, you know, some of the, the promo. You know, I'm the I'm the I'm the ideas guy, okay? I had the idea. Right. <laughs> um I'm more of a high I'm more of a big picture kind of, you know, blue sky thinking kind of guy, okay? Yeah. Right. Got it. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing the marketing side. You're the visionary CEO rather than the the integrator or the operator. Yeah, the one yeah, doing whatever. Actually, the... actually, doing the thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a, nice. I'm, a, I'm not, I'm not a do. I'm a talker. I'm a talker. You know. Mm. That's, um, what would you say that's... to someone, someone listening to this who's like, wait a minute? Uh, you know, I like the idea of just being an ideas guy. Like, yeah, hmm, I come with a lot of ideas. So yeah. can I just like find someone to build those ideas for me? No, I mean, look, I'm just joking around here about being an ideas guy or whatever. I think um, because there are people yeah. that have that that kind of thought. Yeah, our yeah. friend I James think... is a prime example of an, an ideas guy. Yeah, I don't know. Look, I'm sure there are examples of companies or businesses that were started by some ideas guy that like 
find someone else to like build it for them and pays them some money or whatever. I don't, you know, I, I know a bunch of people who, you know, have startups or businesses or whatever. I don't think any of them are like the ideas guy sort of archetype. I think it's just very hard. I think like if you want to build some, if, if you want to like start something, you know, you probably want some like tangible skill or you need to be some, you know, a very compelling individual that other people will want to, you know, follow based on just your idea or something. Because mm. I, yeah, I think the truth is if you're the ideas guy and you're looking for someone to build your idea, um, you know, if someone, if someone is sort of, if someone has technical skills, if they can code and they're entrepreneurial, what value are you adding? You know, from their point of view, it's like, okay, what value is the ideas guy adding at this point? Okay. I've heard the idea. You can't like, you know, you can't like uh, copyright an idea or something. I've heard the idea. What is this guy going to be doing, you know, for 12 hours a day while I'm like actually building the thing? He's going to be like probably sending emails or something, probably a few, but like it's, it's de definitely, you know, hard to imagine. So, um, yeah, look, I'm pretty anti ideas guy vibes. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, all three, all three of us that are working on this are like technical and can build stuff, etc. Um, and it's just like a fun thing that we're doing. Um, with, yes. yeah, we, we each have a little, little role. But yeah, it's really fun. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's so much fun. Just like building a little thing and just like launching a little thing. Yeah. It's great. Mm. Mm. If you weren't doing causal, would you like to build and launch little things kind of like Peter level style? Probably not. Like, I think it's, I think it's, it's fun just to like flex and to sort of use that muscle once in a while. And I, this is an idea that had been in my head for like the last couple of months as I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, maybe, I mean, you know, Lucas and I were just talking about it and then it was just like, okay, you know, we could just do this, you know, spend a couple of days, uh, over the Christmas holidays and, uh, and, and just do this. Like, I didn't think I'd, you know, it's fun to do like once a year, just like launch something and get it out there and see what happens. Um, but I think, you know, I think it's more satisfying. I don't know. It's like, I like, I like working on causal stuff, it's more satisfying to like be building this bigger thing that like it's getting better and you know, all that kind of stuff rather than um, lots of small piecemeal things. Um, but mm. each their own, I think. Can you hear me? Yeah. I think we're back. Had a bit of a DC. Yeah. I'm trying to remember like, um, if I had back at university. Yeah. I think, I think it's useful to be able to like put yourself back in the shoes, uh, you know, of like what, where you were like sort of, five or 10 years ago. Cause I remember back at university, I remember in first year, in first year of uni, um, some ideas guy, um, uh, some, you know, like an ideas bro, basically, uh, okay. They're basically at Oxford. There was uh, someone had made a big Google sheet of like, um, computer science students or something who are interested in like startups or something, you know, someone just had some Google sheet, a bunch of with a bunch of like the, the current students doing computer science who are interested in startups or something and some ideas bro reached out lucas was on the street somehow and some ideas bro reached out to lucas uh with this idea and uh the idea was quite classic it was like hey why don't we um uh you know lots of people want uh tutoring private tutoring uh presumably oxford students are smart and would be good tutors let's build uh, a marketplace where uh, students can post themselves as tutors and people can find them and, you know, connect, connect, uh, you know, 
the students who want private uh, tutors to the Oxford students, whatever, you know, very, I think, you know, once you go to university, this is like the first idea anyone ever, ever comes up with. Um, yeah, I think like probably every year, there's probably like two or three people trying to build this. Uh, probably, you know, probably like one or two of them, you know, get some traction every like five or 10 years or something. Uh, anyway, so I, some ideas bro had like found this uh, Google Sheets and uh, approached Lucas for this. And, you know, Lucas was keen to like get involved in some you know, entrepreneurial stuff, like startup, you know, but just build some stuff, uh, make some money kind of thing. And then Lucas, uh, you know, Lucas uh, wrote me and recruited me to kind of um, build it with him. And when I look back, I think, um, like, I remember the the kind of stuff that um, I was quite impressed by that I thought like, oh man, this is like a legit operation was basically that um, this guy, I, 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 remember, I remember basically this guy's pitch was like uh, something like, you know, he had the idea obviously and he'd like, registered the company right you know i didn't i didn't know what that meant at the time but i was like whoa this is like a serious he's registered the company and everything and he's you know he's looking for you know some coders to uh you know to build this thing and then he's got some contacts and he's gonna like do the marketing and the set you know this kind of stuff um you know he's like a business he seems like a pretty legit business guy he's ready he's registered the freaking company he's registered a limited company um for crying out loud uh, and I remember being like, I remember that feeling, oh, wow, wow this is, this is so legit, <laughs> you know? Uh, anyway, look, that thing didn't really go anywhere. I think we, uh, I can't remember the details, but I think we decided against working on it in the end or whatever, but like that, that kind of thing of like, wow, he's like registered a company. This is for real. Yeah. I'm just thinking back to like, what was my understanding of the whole, like, business startup world back then it was that was kind of like the you know my level of understanding of like wow he's like registered a limited company mm. you know yeah one well one thing i've been thinking about a lot recently is kind of the the the, the, the value of experience um and like the intangibles that you gain from experience that are not quite intangible but it's very hard to write down and and, and to explain and I've been thinking about this in the context of like kind of first time founders, second time founders. Um, because the thing that I'm building with my friend Pablo, VoicePal, Pablo is like a third time founder and has been doing this for a very long time and okay. is like spending all his time doing user interviews, <laughs> basically. Um, okay. And like doing a lot of kind of user interviews and testing and just making sure that we have the right thing that we're actually working on and hopping on calls with people and like actively reaching out to the top 100 or so people who are power users and all this kind of stuff. And this is the exact opposite of what I would have been doing <laughs> if I were building a thing. I would have okay. gone into a cave to build the thing and then tried to unveil it to the world, um, which is broadly not the recommended approach when it comes to doing startups mm -hmm. or building anything. Yeah. Um, and I've been thinking about this in the sense of as well, like, my team now, ever like basically everyone in our team has been with us for at least two years. And yep. I've definitely seen how over time every single person has leveled up. But if I were to like try and recruit someone brand new with no experience in a given mm. role and yeah. try to explain like what is it about our head of customer success that makes this that makes Allison amazing and that like would right. if Allison were to leave us, like how would we how do we find that other person? It would be yeah. really hard to do because there's a lot of these sort of experiential intangibles that in the, I think previously my model was everything is a skill, everything can be learned. How hard can it be? 
Mm. Um, and now my model is like, that may be true, but actually having someone who has spent eight to 12 hours a day doing a thing for, for like months to years is creates <laughs> loads of intangibles that are very hard to describe. Yeah. yeah. Incredibly useful when you have that person. Yeah. Um, and I experienced this starkly because we had, we had two team members wanting to go for a rev ops role on our team. Yeah. One of them had experience doing rev ops for like 18 months at an, at a, at a, at a bigger startup and the other one did not but knew in theory the concept of like building a CRM and like yeah, stuff yeah. and speaking to both individually um, and also together made me realize, Oh my goodness, the guy who's been doing it for 18 months knows an absolute megaton about this yeah. field that I know very little about. And yeah, was, he was educating yeah. me about the thing. Whereas when I was speaking to the person with no experience, she and I were just sort of like kind of working from roughly first principles of like, I guess we should have this database of contacts and stuff. And right, I guess yeah, yeah, yeah. every yeah. time we have an interaction with them, we should like, I don't know, update it. And is it like kind of electronic patient records in, in like hospitals yeah. and shit, you yeah. know, this, this kind of thing. And then this other guy comes in and he's like, yeah, you know, this is a thing we've done this before. Like here's how it works. Here's the whole framework yeah. behind this. Yeah. Here, yeah. I know you, you know, that's what you're thinking, but actually blah, 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 blah. And oh yeah, we tried that, but actually we found out like six months down the line that that strategy didn't work for that. And therefore we have to yeah. like, I don't know, make our data better in this way and clean it up in this way. And, I was like, "Whoa, it's a value of experience," mm. which I previously didn't did not did not have that kind of that sort of level of understanding of. Yeah, um, so I I very much vibe vibe with what you're saying. Yeah, what was some? Uh, I mean, if you if you look back to like, you know, when you were in the earlier days of your career, you know, doing you know money making projects on the side, getting started with YouTube. Well, there are other things like, like this whole like register, like, you know, for anyone who's not familiar with the process, anyone can go on the internet and register a company for 10 pounds in the UK. And, you know, anyone, I think, you know, in the US, you can just register a company. There's a bit more admin and you pay a bit more money, but like having, uh, having a registered company <laughs> is like, you know, it, it doesn't mean anything. Um, whereas like, you know, before I'd kind of really been in the world for very long, to me, that would have been like, whoa, no, I do I have no idea. Presumably someone you have to like be some super legit guy to register a company and that means a lot or something. You know, can you can you like remember the kind of stuff earlier on that like you would have found impressive or like you would have thought, oh man, that's like that's like the thing, you know? That like just obviously now you you just know is you know it's not really meaningful. Hmm. That's a good question. Um feel free to say some more things while I while uh, I, I want to think about this. Because it's hard, like, I think it's hard to, like, put yourself back in those shoes, you know? I think I previously knew nothing about fundraising. And I still don't know very much about it, but I've seen you do it enough times or attempt to do it enough times and seen friends attempt to do it enough times Mm -hmm. to be like, okay, this is broadly how this works. Still, I know very little about it. But I think in the past, my approach to fundraising was more like, oh, so I guess you go on Dragon's Den and like make a pitch or, you know, that, that, right. that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, to the point that if someone had like, yeah, I think, I, I, th- I think for things like, you know, I, I think people use this sort of language of like, oh yeah, I've raised, I've raised, I've raised some money from a few investors. Mm-hmm. And it turns out there was a like friends and family around and they got 50 K from mom and dad kind of thing. Oh, okay. And I think I would have previously thought f- found the phrase raised money from a few investors to be oh, a yeah. mark of well, like, whoa, this is super legit. Yeah, they've um, got some investors kind of thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. That can mean. I think I was, I was, I was always very skeptical about the whole like investor thing. Cause I didn't quite get it. Like, wait, you, people are going to give you money and then you're not going to lose, you're going to lose money for a very long time. And eventually they're you know, hope mm, to pay you back yeah, or something yeah. to that effect. I think also another thing that I had a lot of ignorance around back in the day was like, so I, I knew absolutely, absolutely nothing about sales. Um, okay, yeah. I knew very little about marketing. And so the word sales and marketing, like the, the word marketing to me was like, okay, I guess you're going to put out a billboard or I guess yeah. you're going to, I don't know, make a TV ad or something like that. And the word sales was like, okay, I guess you're going to, uh, I, I, I didn't even have like a mental model for what sales was mm. um, beyond yeah. like, I guess, you know, a used car salesman in the, you know, the Honda dealership kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Uh, I also had no model of delegation and outsourcing, uh, outs you know, outsourcing in, in the sense of like, oh, I guess you can outsource to VAs in the Philippines as per the four hour work week. Okay. But when I was first building six med, like 20, 13 to 2020 or whatever it was, um, mm. you know, I was spending like now, if I were to coach myself from back in, from 10 years ago, I would say, yeah. bro, you're spending 90% of your time doing operations. You should be spending your time doing marketing and business, actually delivering the yeah. courses, but you're spending all your time on operations. I was like, and I, I, I like, I just didn't know that that's yeah. what I was doing. Spending all my time mm. on admin and Google sheet up, 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 optimization and sending oh, emails yeah, to people yeah, and all this yeah, shit. Yeah. 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 And I thought that that's just what I had to do. And it, it took six years later when I read the E-Myth Revisited in like 2019, I realized, oh, this is a thing yeah. that I could pay someone else to do. And I was paying other people to run the courses. Yeah, but I did yeah, not yeah. think in, even in my wildest <laughs> dreams that I could pay someone to do the admin. Yeah. And I had no model of like, you know, my time is worth X doing this sort of thing. This is yeah, where I can really yeah. add value. Mm. Actually me bringing in more students through being, I don't know, the key person of influence, giving talks at schools and shit like that. And putting myself out there to be able to create content around this stuff. Yeah, I, yeah. I had no model that, that any of that stuff was a thing. So I was mm. spending all my time doing emails and admin and, you know, back in uni, I'd have people in my room just like hanging out and I'd be like, Oh shit, we've got a course in Manchester in the Hilton hotel conference room in the basement, like tomorrow, but the books that FedEx were supposed to send up there haven't, haven't yet arrived. So I need to phone up <laughs> FedEx 24, 24 seven right now to be like, guys, where the fuck is these books? And I'm like, yeah. Oh, their delivery driver ran out of credits. It's like, how how is that my problem? The, the, the delivery driver ran out of credits. Like what? The books were supposed to arrive yesterday, and they've not arrived yet. We've got students arriving in this thing, and so it's like, yeah, yeah. I was I was on the phone doing all that admin and stuff, and now I kind of like chuckle um, <laughs> at yeah. kind of the naivety of of, of all of that. And the on the YouTube stuff, in, when you were earlier in your career, was there stuff that you thought was like really legit and that you were impressed by that you now don't really value? Or like, can sort of you you kind of know what's actually meaningful and valuable in the arena versus mm -hmm. what's like smoke and mirrors. Yeah, I was a, I was very impressed by brand deals. Like, whoa, someone's got a sponsorship. Someone's partnering with a company. Like, that's I mean, really that is legit. impressive. I mean, that is impressive. That's like revenue. That's like getting a if you if you build a product, that's like getting a getting a sale to a customer. That's like that's uh, the business, right? Yeah, but you know there are levels and there are. What I've what I found out now is that there are lots of companies that will reach out to really really small YouTubers, pay them absolutely nothing, and say sort of act as if being an ambassador for our question bank or for our whatever is like itself a valuable thing, and massively like undercharge what they should be charging, and you know all of all of all of this sort of stuff. Mm. I think pre yeah. So previously, I thought like a YouTuber has made it once they get sponsored by someone, but obviously there are levels of the sponsorship thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I think also if when 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 people got stuff gifted on Instagram, I I used to be very impressed oh, by that. Yeah. I was like, Whoa, a company has given you this thing for free. Until I got gifted some Daniel Wellington stuff and realized all the strings that are attached to it being gifted Daniel Wellington watches. Um, oh, really? And how it's not really a, a that, that, that that much of a thing. Um, when I when I first started, I I knew someone who who was in a similar niche, like helping people get into med school, who had four thousand subscribers. I was like, whoa. She's got 4,000 subscribers. Bloody hell, that's incredible. And yeah, so my whole yeah. thing was like, hey, I'm pretty sure I can make content that's at least as good, if not better than this. So hmm, maybe someday I could be at 4,000 subscribers. And I was like, hmm, if, yeah, you know, yeah. a, year, a year from now, if I hit 4,000 subscribers, that'll be, that'll be cool. 4,000 people. Yeah. So that's the stuff that I, I was thinking back in the day, back in 2017. Yeah, I think in tech, it's pretty good because... Um, there's a guy called Paul Graham who's written lots of essays about like basically about like you know how to start a startup, what actually matters, what's a waste of time, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and so I think, you know, if even if you are, you know, even if you, you are kind of it's your first rodeo, you can actually just read all of that stuff and you will get the kind of, you know, it, yeah, it can just kind of get you up to speed on like a lot of important stuff. So that you you kind of care about the right things and don't care about um, the wrong things. Yeah, I think the like if 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 I think of me, if I were to rewind the clock ten years and be plopped in the middle of twenty twenty three or twenty 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 four, I may not even have known that Paul Graham was a person and watched to Google to find the right things because I might have thought like, oh, I just I guess I just have to figure this out because this is a yeah. company startups are yeah, hard. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I may not have thought to read a book about it or two or three or four or five. It's like, you know, I've been selling stuff on the internet for 10 years, if not more. And I've never yeah. once read a book on sales and marketing other than like last year when I discovered dot-com secrets and like yeah. hundred million dollar yeah. offers. And I was like, oh my goodness, I've been trying to figure this stuff out from first principles from day one. Why did I not just decide to read a book on the topic and yeah. like just yeah. or watch a video from someone who does the thing? Uh, and I... Mm. I, I, I wonder to what extent that's like a, a common attitude amongst people. Like I'm, I'm amazed at myself that it took me so long to read a book on sales and marketing and it just transformed the way that we sell stuff because it's like, oh, okay, I get it. There are, <laughs> there are, yeah. there are principles and frameworks of this. Yeah. What about like book writing? Obviously you've written this book recently that's coming out pretty soon. Was there, I mean, yeah, I guess at the point at which you started to write the book, you were well connected where you could like, you know, yeah chat to other authors and say, yo, what's this whole book writing thing about? Yeah. Was that, is that kind of how you kind of got up to speed on like the whole, the whole thing? Or like, was there, did you just, did you like do the whole first draft, just taking a stab at it without trying to like, you know, uh, re, you know, learn anything about the, uh, the field? Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much actually. I don't, I'd, um, again, if I could coach myself from back then, I had read a couple of books like on writing well and things like that, just like over the years mm. and had listened yeah, to yeah. interviews yeah. of like, you know, James Clear on Tim Ferriss show or like Mark Manson on whatever, or I don't know, Julian Shapiro talking to a few authors and things. I was like, okay, cool. I, I've listened to a handful of podcasts with authors talking about, you know, their writing process. I've read on writing well. Yeah. Okay. I guess that's about it. Um, what yeah. I wish I had done three and a half years ago when I started writing the book was like, speak to someone like and just go into into the nuts and bolts of what does it look like to put a book together and the only person who'd made content about that that i i saw at the time was ryan holiday who had his I don't, he's got this like note card system and stuff but that seemed too elaborate so i was like okay, okay. i'm just gonna 
I'm just going to ignore that slash like do it in like room research or something. But <clears throat> I didn't, I didn't okay, know yeah, what yeah, the yeah. screen share, like <laughs> zoom screen share version of writing a book looked like. I just knew the high level, the sort yeah. of things that James Clear would talk about on the Tim Ferriss show, high level version of writing a book looked like. Yeah. Yeah, Cause obviously he's not going to go into the nuts and bolts. Um, and I wish I'd yeah. shadowed someone to look at the nuts and bolts of it because it would have helped me realize, Oh yeah, you're using a reference manager. Shit, that's a good idea. I only started using that two years into the journey because yeah. I was trying to keep track of PDFs until then. And it took, oh, it was really? a random oh, conversation wow. with like a random YouTuber friend to be like, hey, yeah. where he asked me, you know, what's, what's your reference manager? And I was like, I used Mendeley in 2015 when I was in med school. And, she, and he was like, how are you keeping <laughs> track of your references for this book? And I was like, uh, it was like, have you heard of Zotero? I was like, no. He was like, okay, you need to download this thing right now. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, why did I not know this two oh, years yeah, ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think that that sort of stuff. Oh, similar. Yeah, yeah. I think I think this is it. Here's the thing, right? I I also think this is such a gap in the market right now in terms of like there are loads of people on YouTube trying to create content about like how to grow a business. Uh, people, everyone's realizing yeah. what seeing what Alex Hormozzi is doing, and every like rich entrepreneur that I know is like, who's I that? Could be the wait, next wait, Alex. Who, who's Alex Hormozzi, mate? Who's oh, that? mate, you don't spend a lot of time on business YouTube. Is this like okay? Let me <laughs> try to explain. Alex Hormozzi. He's this absolutely jacked, thirty-three year old. Um, who does content about building $100 million business. And he's written two books so far, $100 okay. million offers and $100 million leads, which are both really, really good. His stuff is really legit. He'll, he does okay. like hour-long keynotes at conferences and stuff. And he'll, he's just like very no-nonsense, very like, right, bang, bang, bang. Here's how you build a business. Uh, you know. well, so what's his, um, is he, so it looks like his he business model acquisition.com. Is that his? Yeah, his business model is that he, his free content helps you, get, helps you to get to $3 million. Uh, revenue and once you're at three million revenue okay. then he wants to acquire a portion of your company and help it grow to 30 million or something like that so he gets a deal flow through his cool. content but he's okay. like he's like the hottest thing in entrepreneurship these days uh, yeah a lot of it is kind of outside the b2b SaaS <laughs> tech world he's not that yeah, huge in that department sure, yeah. it's, it's a lot of like bricks and mortar like a normal business like a service business or like a yeah, yeah i don't know a gym yeah, yeah, you know yeah, that kind yeah, of thing sure. But people are saying, yeah. well, but he's he's blown up over the last couple of years um, with a short form content, his long form content, giving advice on how to grow businesses. And it's like some okay. of it is high level and some of it is nuts and boltsy. But loads of people are trying to get in on that because a lot of like post exit founders are like, hey, I've got all this knowledge about growing a business. So let me just make YouTube videos about it and you know things like that. But what yeah. no one is doing is doing the Zoom screen shares. What no one is doing is doing like a, let's see what your Google oh. sheet actually looks like yeah, when you're yeah, showing yeah. your OKRs and KPIs and like, yeah. how the frick are you tracking yeah. all these numbers and things? Because that yep. is what I was missing, even you know, as late as yeah. six months ago or a year ago. Yeah, where, sure. you know, I'd, yeah. I'd read John Doerr's book about OKRs, and I knew the concept in theory. But there's something about watching a screen share of someone doing the thing where you're like, "Yeah, oh my goodness, that's yeah, what it yeah, looks it's like." So different. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. get it. That's what that's what yeah. your dashboard looks like. Cool. So now when I meet entrepreneurs, I'm like, "Yeah, do you guys have dashboards?" And they're like, "Of course." And I'm like, "Can I have a look?" <laughs> it just gives me ideas because I still oh, yeah, I don't have thing, enough I data thing, points. Like internal yeah. dashboards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that shit. Yeah, it's really it's really fun to see like uh yeah, internal project management and dashboards and yeah, these kinds of things for Yeah, and no one shows that stuff on, on like YouTube videos. So it's a massive yeah. opportunity any for anyone anyone here to actually be the nuts and bolts business yeah. coach. Yeah. So I wish I'd seen yeah, more I of think, that um, when I got I, started. I think this this the, the like the, the shadowing slash screen sharing thing I think could save a lot of people a lot of a lot of time because so before before starting causal i i worked at this company called retool for like eight months or something um you know the founders and i were at uni together and so you know kind of joined them for a bit and 
it was yeah probably like the most valuable the most valuable thing from that eight months for me was just being in the room while the founders did sales calls you're just hearing like a you know sales call a bunch of sales calls live in the room and like you know trying my hand at a couple just that itself of just like hearing how the call you know how a sales call kind of yeah just like what the vibe is basically just that was unbelievably valuable and then watching the process of like watching like the emailing process of like sending email follow-ups and doing outbound and like what kind of stuff do you say in an hour you know just like the really in the weeds of like really just sales basics just like being exposed to that live and kind of being part of that process was like i, I think probably saved what you know it would have taken us six to 12 months uh to like pick those things up or like figure out where to pick those things up or whatever like and so when we started causal like i knew what i knew what freaking calendly was and it was like great the first thing we're gonna do is set up a calendly set up this thing the next thing we're gonna do is we're gonna set up an email automation so that when someone signs up to our waiting list or whatever they get a sequence of three emails an initial email with two follow-ups after two days each and we send them this freaking calendly link to get them on an initial call. And like, we know what the sales call kind of, <laughs> you know. So it would have taken us so long just to figure out, figure that stuff out. It's crazy. Yeah. Mm, yeah, mate. I think this is, there's a lot of truth in this stuff. And this is the thing that like, yeah, that no one talks about. And I guess, I guess people do talk about it because they say that like, you know, experience is valuable and hiring people with experience is valuable. And, you know, something Dan Priestley often says is like, if you want to start a startup, the best thing you can do is work for a business that has fewer than 10 employees and do that for two years because the intangibles that you'll, you'll pick up along the way are huge. Yeah. Whereas people instead have this view of like, I want to start a startup, therefore I'm going to join McKinsey and work as a consultant for two years. Where actually you have no visibility over the PL, you have no visibility over anything beyond like the, the small cog in the machine that you are there. Yeah. And so the learning is a lot less in terms of all of these different intangibles. Um, yeah. Like how to send an email and what a sales call looks like. And even as we're talking about this, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm realizing, you know, we're, we're about to launch like a productivity coaching community type situation. And we've kind yeah. of done it before with our YouTuber Academy and been doing that for like two plus years. So we kind of know the process, but actually this is different than other stuff that we're doing. And I do in fact know lots of people who are literally doing the thing that we're trying to do. So I could just hop on calls with them or get yeah. the team to hop on calls with them to be like, hey, yeah, we yeah, do a yeah. Zoom That's screen huge. share. Like, what, is your, yeah. what does your thing look like? Yeah. Because it's it's not a thing that, at least for me, is not a thing that comes to mind. You know, actually, in fairness, like, well, yeah. well one thing Alex Wormosi often talks about in his, uh, in his content is like, you know, figure out where you are right now, figure out where you want to be, then figure out who is mm -hmm. out there who has done that jump from where you are to where you want to be and go and talk to them. Like, do whatever it takes. Fly yeah, to them, yeah. hang out with them, like, attend their mastermind. Yeah. Paying 50k to hang out with them, if that's what it takes, is going to make you way more money than that in the long term because of the amount of hassle you'll save by actually speaking to someone who's been through the process. Yeah, for sure. How do we get onto this? Were we talking about mm. the calendar app thing? Oh, second time founders, Chrome extension. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun, man. There's something really magical about starting something from, from zero and just, yeah. I, I feel like we're all also just like on the same page, like on the same page about like what level of complexity is required for this V1. Mm. Whereas I think like 
five or 10 years ago, probably like way overthought it. Whereas like, I think just, I mean, it, it took very little discussion for us to decide like, okay, what, you know, what, what's, you know, how, how deep do we want to go before launching this like first thing over a couple of days over Christmas? Um, whereas, yeah, I think like five or 10 years ago, it would have been like, yeah, we've probably just gone down like loads of rabbit holes and random stuff and overthought a bunch of things and over-engineered a bunch of things. And it was mm. your baby CEO. Mm. Wait, let me find the picture. Um, but yeah, I wait. So what's the deal with that? I thought it was getting released on the, on the 28th. Why is Waterstones, uh, front running you or whatever? Yeah. Um, I don't know. apparently this happens like. You know, we mentioned this to our editor, and he was like, "Oh yeah, this is a thing." You know, oh that yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, fair. and so I'm starting to I'm starting yeah. to see. Pictures. Oh really? Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so so it's, good, it was on the sort of. Uh, it's yeah. It seems like there's kind of like a sort of like a productivity shelf. So on the productivity row, there's like yours, Atomic Habits, How to Change Your Life, and Diary of a CEO. Nice. On the shelf above it, I'm trying to think of the theme. There's Mark Manson's Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. There is. A book called Black Girl No Magic. I can't quite make out what it's about from the sort of blurry picture I took of the shelf. There's Why Has Nobody Told Me This Before from Dr. Judy Smith. Oh, yeah. Um, very and then there's a book called Toxic, Women, Fame, and the Naughty. So I, I don't really know the theme of the rest of the shelf, but it seems like your your row is like the productivity theme. Nice. Yeah, man. Yeah, how are you feeling about it? How am I feeling about it? What's the, I think last time when we chatted, you were, we were talking about like the New York Times list and getting the pre-orders and how, mm. uh, you know, you think it'd be good, you know, good character building experience if you don't get on the list and stuff. What's the, yeah. what's the latest on that? Yeah, I haven't really thought too hard about it since then. Um, I think it's like the, the arrow is now squarely out of the bow and so close to the target that there is like nothing I can do to influence its it's yeah. course now okay yeah 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 and so now my my whole thing is i'm just trying to enjoy the ride like you know we're getting emails from the publisher being like hey you know the numbers are up and our amazon ranking is this and i'm like cool that sounds sounds reasonable um got an email yesterday yeah. being like hey you know we're actually being we've got 33 translation deals so far outside of english whoa um, okay so at various points in 2024 the you know all of the different translations of the books <laughs> of the book are coming out in various yeah, like, yeah. the eight the six different varieties of Hindi, like simplified Chinese, complex Chinese, Japanese, Italian, Spanish, yeah, French, yeah. the whole shebang. It's like that's kind of cool. Yeah. Starting to see pictures of the book cover in different languages. Annoyingly, the French cover has my face on it, but it's like a really old photo where they've tried to kind of cut me out of the background, what? and it's it's a bit jank. Uh, oh but no! The French publisher was like, Wait, do you, don't, you the... don't get a say. You don't get a say in that. No, I mean I could probably hop on a call with them and try and convince them why my face on the cover is a bad idea but like you know they're they specialize in selling books in their territory so they know this stuff more so yeah. than i would um and so yeah it's all it's all happening man it's kind of weird yeah it is kind of weird i'm just like oh, i just just actually hope it's good hmm. well one of these days we should do a ali abdal reads negative reviews of his book <laughs> a podcast episode oh yes mate. <laughs> yes we should and we should see what that what that's like because I, I I made the mistake of well it wasn't really a mistake I I, I happened to look on Goodreads because I was like looking for something else and I saw that like I'd started to get some reviews of the book and I was wait, like oh, wait a minute it's on like, wait really oh wait yeah because the me, publisher has sent up. has sent hey d don't 
tell me anything because I don't want to know. Um, feel okay, feel fine, free yeah. to read a, a five star review, but I don't I don't want to know what the rating is, and I don't want to know any less than five star reviews. Right. right yeah. I'll I'll look at those a little bit. Oh, later. nice. But I saw the rating and I saw some reviews. And I was like, wait, whoa, people have people have have left reviews. And I looked wait, and I saw there were 40, a couple of forty nine reviews. There's forty nine reviews, mate. That's pretty good. Um, There's seventy eight ratings and forty nine reviews already. Wow. Yeah. And I saw I, I saw like one three star review from some guys, a specialist book reviewer, being like, "I'm pro- I'm probably not the target audience for this, but da 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 da." And then, and then I was like, "Oh my god, this is terrible." And then I mentioned it to my agent because I was having dinner with her in Sydney, oh, really? and she was like, "Oh, don't worry about yeah. Goodreads. Like people are often more critical than is warranted on Goodreads and stuff." So now there's that whole thing yeah. around like. And I, I've heard other other authors talk about this, and so I'm I'm curious as to what my own reactions will be. But the whole like, you know, reading negative reviews always makes you feel bad, and so you realize at some point that it's not even worth reading them because yeah. it's out of your control now, and you know all all of this stuff. So yeah, yeah. we'll see. But I, that's that's interesting because I would have thought that like you know from creating content on the internet for the last like I don't know six years or whatever, you'd be you know, you'd be over the whole like negative reviews thing, but I guess is it basically that like the book is like a kind of, you know, a new, a new thing for you. And so mm. it's still like, you're, you're still like a sort of, yeah. Is that yeah. it? Yeah. I think it's pretty, it's pretty much that it's like, I've spent so long working on this. I've poured, poured a lot of my heart and soul into this thing. And also it's my first time writing a book. So there is part of me that's like, oh, oh shit. What if it's not any good? And what if everyone's just blowing air up my ass when the editors and the publishers and the agents and the feedback people were like, yeah, it's really good. It's like, what if all of that is not in fact true and the book is in fact shit and people are just finding out about it now? It's like that whole imposter syndrome thing. Um, uh, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Maybe so, in a few weeks we could do an episode. Really in a few weeks we could do an episode. Just a week. now. Yeah, mate. Mate, oh mate, this is so interesting. Okay, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna read this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so there's good minute, reviews. There's Amazon reviews. I've, I've not looked at the Amazon reviews yet. Um, actually, I don't, oh, I don't know if you can post Amazon reviews. <laughs> I don't know if you can post Amazon reviews yet uh, because I think you can only do that when the book is out. But I'm, I haven't looked. So, yeah, yeah, there's no Amazon reviews, mate. It's all, um, it's all, it's all okay. interesting. It's all, it's all happening. And then in, in theory, I'm going to be on daytime TV in Australia two days from now. Oh, really? I thought that got cancelled. Did it get postponed? It got put, yeah, it got cancelled because there were floods in Queensland on the day that it was meant to be, like three days ago. Yeah. But it's been, it's now happening on Boxing Day in the morning, apparently. Uh, okay, nice. ask me. So, Ali, you know, what are your pro- tips for productivity for the new year or something to that effect? So, I need to get yeah. my sound bites ready and like speak for the heart. Yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah. So, what's what's the deal with what's the deal with like daytime TV segments? Can you like peel peel back the curtain a little bit? So, how how long is your segment? Like, what do you get? Um, how how many minutes do you get on on the air? I think about four. About four minutes. Four minutes. Yeah. And you're going to be like, are you going to be like sitting on the couch? Is that is that the vibe? You'll be like sitting on I the couch I, for four minutes. Yeah, I, th- I think so. So the one that's happening on, on two days from now is the Today Show, which is a Australian. It's it's sort of like BBC Breakfast, but for Australia. Um, right, and yeah, 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 when they bring people on, they'll bring them on the couch. They'll like do the thing and probably turn to me on the side and ask me a few questions and then like seg- seamlessly segue yeah. into the next thing with the timer counting down and stuff. So I don't know. It'll be a, it'll yeah. be a new experience. Um. I had a bit of a media training Zoom call with the US publisher like a few days ago. Oh, yeah? And they were saying basically like, yeah, what, what the way the, yeah, the way these daytime TV segments work is that they are, the, the job of the host 
is to just feed you softballs. Um, just like, you know, what's something mm. interesting that we can ask? And your job as the author or as, as the person doing the talking is to be concise, be interesting and be helpful, even if it's not specifically mm. answering the question that they've asked, because they don't actually care about you answering uh, the question. Okay. They care about you, you know, being engaging and useful for their viewers. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like their job is to throw you questions. Your job is to, you know, bring home the three points that you care about bringing home because those are the, the valuable things to, yeah. to take away. And so we were like rehearsing yeah. some of that and kind of doing a few dry runs of like, so Ali, what's your book about? <laughs> and it's like, well, blah, yeah. blah, 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 you know, the, you know, that, that sort of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And so for example, like, you know, obviously you are there, to, you know, you are there to promote your book. They are having you on because you have a book coming out. Like how scripted is it? Like, do they basically send you a list and say, Hey, these, this is what we're going to ask you, you know, please have some good answers ready or something. Or is it like, not that it's not that scripted. Yeah. Okay. So the, so each of these TV shows has a producer for each segment. And so the producer, like I'm doing an okay, yeah. US TV show as well. The, uh, I'm sort of in yeah. the, the producer has sent me an email with five questions of like, roughly these are the sort of sorts of things that they're going to ask you. But then on the day, like mm. depending on what happens, the, host of the show could go off script or they could stick to the mm. stick to the plan. Or if they're like super interested, they might say, Oh, my kid actually watches your YouTube channel. Oh my goodness. Like, you know, which oh, is off script nice. and yeah, yeah. you just have to kind of roll with it. Yeah. But the idea yeah, is that yeah. the producer plans out the segment and says, gives you a heads up to be like, roughly these are the things that they're going to want to ask you about. Okay. Right. Yeah. 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 So, and so like, and so you have a few like spiels that you want to get across that you've kind of rehearsed and stuff like that. Have you done that yet? Are you going to be like practicing over the next couple of days? Is it not that deep? And you, yeah, this, at this point you can kind of just spitball it. Cause you know, you know, you've talked about it enough or. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't really rehearsed the spiels very much. I, I also don't want to, cause I don't want to come across as rehearsed. I, I kind of know what the arc yeah. is of, you know, if they ask, how did the book come yeah. about? The arc is, I was overwhelmed yeah. as a doctor. I discovered that I could change the approach to my work. I discovered feel good productivity. Boom. They might ask, yeah. how did your parents feel about you leaving medicine to be a YouTuber? I'll spitball that. Oh, one yeah, yeah. Um, they might ask, you know, yeah. what's, what, what, what's one thing that the viewers can take away for the new year? And that, that thing is going to be like, look, whatever you're doing, find a way to enjoy the process because that's what matters. Like, nice. I, yeah, I, I know, yeah. I know yeah. what the answer is. So I'll just sort of spitball it and try, yeah. and try and connect with the heart and soul and, you know, speak it out on the day. Yeah. Nice. Sick, man. That's so cool. What it's about like, uh, so you, you're doing a few daytime TV show type things like that in different places. Are there other like promo stuff you'll be doing? Will you be on like lots of podcasts over the next few weeks or whatever? Like, like what does your yeah, life so look like with regards to the book over the next couple of months? Can you hear me? Oh yeah. Yeah. So over the last few, actually the last two months or so, my, my life has been taken over by big promo, which is why I'm flying around all these different okay. parts of the world to feature on podcasts and do collabs with people. Mm. Um, I've had a bunch of yeah. kind of zoom print media interviews. So like Inc magazine is doing something business.com is doing something. It's featured on the Verge's podcast recently. It's like, they might do something oh. convert kit is doing a big write up or has done it. Like, so there's all sorts of like random you know, okay. yeah. creator yeah, adjacent, yeah. but also not creator adjacent media things that are happening. And then yeah. January, yeah. I'll be mostly in London where I'm giving a few talks. Uh, one at like LSE, one at Cambridge, um, one at the How To Academy. 
doing more podcasts and things like that. So like January is pretty much chock a block with book okay. promotional related activities. Okay. And then yeah. I, I and then I want to sort of take a step back from it and just focus on the chop wood carry water of make more YouTube videos, which is like my bread and butter. Yeah. Okay, nice. And before we wrap up, like once the book is out there, hmm. like how do you get money from this thing? Like if I go into Waterstones next week and buy the book, like hmm. what, you know, how does that come back to you? <laughs> yeah. You know? So authors get quarterly royalty checks from their publisher slash quarterly. Agent. Um, okay. So every quarter you get a, a check or like, I'm sure these days it's an automatic bank transfer um, with yeah. your royalties. And generally authors earn between like seven and a half to 15% royalty on each sale. So if the book sells for 20 okay. quid, I'll probably yep. make like one pound 50 maybe or something nice. like that. Okay. Um, there's, you know, the retailer gets a massive cut, the publisher gets a cut, the agent gets a cut, and then eventually, yeah, you know, trickle trickle down economics <laughs> goes to the author, yeah. um, and you get your one pound fifty. And so, if you were to buy the book from Waterstones for twenty quid, I would probably make about somewhere yeah. between one and two quid from that sale. I suspect it's different for ebook. It's different for Audible. I think I make more more through the Audible sales and a little bit more through the ebook sales. But every quarter, I get the checks in. But first, you have to earn out your advance. So oh, they yeah. give you money up front and then you sort of pay off, pay that off with the royalties. And then at that point you actually start yeah. earning the royalties. But I think the stat yeah. is like 90% or something of books never earn out their advance. So they never sell enough yeah. copies to actually pay back Beautiful. the publisher for the money that they've gotten. But, you know, it's sort of yeah. like, you know, the VC. <laughs> Every now and then you'll get an Atomic Habits that is a complete cash cow yeah. that funds the next thousand yeah. books yeah. In, that, in that publisher's like Arsenal. Or a Harry Potter that then funds yeah. everything that that publisher ever does. Yeah. So they're making those sorts of bets. But basically for the rest of your life, every quarter you'll get a little check from like your book sales forever or something. Or is yeah. there like a time limit on this? No, it's like forever. Forever. In, in perpetuity. Yeah, pretty much. And then when I die, it's like, like the Ali family trust or foundation or whatever then gets the royalties or, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, and then you also get passive income. Uh, it's, it's passive income. It's also like, you know, we have these like 33 different <laughs> translation things. So it's like, yeah, possible. Pro I, I don't, I don't know how that process is going to work, but I think I'll yeah. probably get checks for like, Oh, you know, the, the Germany yeah. royalties have come through for 2023. Here is your 314 mm. euros or whatever it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then the agent, the agent, the Sorry. literary agent acts as the sort of middleman for all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's sick, man. Awesome. Exciting All right. time. Well, looking forward to the launch. Um, on that note, I think we better better start wrapping up. It's 11 p.m., which is, uh, which is way past my bedtime. My goodness. Um, any final things you want to share? Oh, yeah. A little shout out from me. Um, Lucia, my wife, was on a podcast recently called 80,000 Hours Podcast, uh, talking about her work eliminating uh, lead poisoning in various countries. Um and they're actually her organization is actually hiring for a, I think like five different roles right now. So if you're interested in uh, sort of you know pretty high impact, uh, you know public health, global health, nonprofit type work, um, check out leadelimination.org, um, and you can uh, see uh, see the open roles that they have. Um, and I think if you just follow them on LinkedIn or Twitter or whatever, you should be able to find a link to this podcast where you can. Uh, listen to Lucia talk for an hour and a half or two hours or something. 
uh, about the work as well. So I wanted to give a little, nice. little plug, a little family plug. Nice. We'll put a, link, yeah. a little link in the video description, the show notes as well, if you want to check out the pod. Nice one. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff, All right, man. Okay. Thanks for listening, soon. everyone. And we'll see you next Bye. week. Bye.